Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smart Coast Morning Show, blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. Oh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Smod Coast Morning Show, Left Coast Edition, Tuesday, something or other, on this Modcast Internet Radio Network, something like that. Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's Giselle Nett joining us on the microphones. We have just a couple of us. Um, let's see. Kruger is in uh, Gay Perry, and I do mean gay. And I do mean Perry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bill is at a callback. Emily just, she, you know what? She doesn't wake up for this early, it turns out. Oh, that's what it is. When she's doing shows, she's she's up until four, and so she doesn't like to come out. Oh, uh, yeah. But luckily, the garbage man is here. Um, oh, you hear that? Can you, I can hear it. Yeah, yep, he's, it's Tuesday morning, so it's garbage day. You know what I always wonder? No, uh, I don't. You know on the days when the garbage have the day off, like for a special holiday, 4th of July or New Year's Day or whatever it is. What about Christmas? Christmas Day here, they no. have the day off. Uh, it's not like the garbage stop being made. They just have more to do when they get back the next day. Yeah, yeah. So then I wonder, it's not really a holiday for them because the next day they have to work twice as hard. That's why we have to appreciate them all the more. Yeah, you know, I thought it would be a really great experiment if everybody would spend a week uh, keeping all their garbage with themselves for the whole week as a way of seeing how much waste you yeah. create in the yeah, world. There have been like TV shows where like somebody will have to carry their garbage yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, you have to carry it in a backpack. Yeah. You know, sanitary, you put a little baggie or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you don't create a lot of waste by and large. I try not to. I try to cut... The, well, you know, I always say I'm the biggest hypocrite. Well, everybody's a hypocrite. Everybody is. Yeah. And I, for me, I know that I'm a really big one. Because I do this or that, and I take an airplane, and I have seltzer water. You know, these things I don't need to do. I could put that money toward poor people, but I do them. But you shouldn't you enjoy yourself at some level? I too? do, so I'm a hypocrite. But yeah. I do try to cut down on the waste that I create, so I recycle all the plastics and... Uh, try to buy in bulk and try uh, when I go out to eat or get some food to go, I try to bring my own Tupperware. Yes, you do that. Uh, Giselle ha will even go order takeout from a restaurant and bring containers Tup for them yeah. to put it, put it the, in. My local, there's a Thai, one is, no, Thailand, Thai place. Uh, that's really delicious, and they know us because it's just a local, nice family what make really good food. And so we can bring to them our Tupperware, and they just put it all in there for us. Excellent. I love them. If it's a re This is a pro tip. If it's a restaurant... Take a note. That's like, you know, uh, a chain restaurant or big fancy and you, you can't get them to just put the to-go food into your own Tupperware. This is what you do. You say, oh, I'm, we're going to eat it here. Yeah, just eat it here. And then they, then they make it for you there. And then you just scrape it into your own Tupperware at the table. 
and then you go and they have, yeah, it create dishes for them to wasting do. water. I know, but it's better than wasting all the pl- extra plastic to go container. Pro tip. So that was the pro tip. Um, all right, we're done. We'll see you next <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, good morning, everybody. Logan and Jadelyn and Hyper Canadian. Hyper Canadian, who we had a nice tweety conversation this morning. Um, Chris Brown and uh, um, let's see, Joseph Douglas Watson and um, Darren Husted, who's running our, our uh, Tumblr page, which is tuesdaysmornings.tumblr.com. You can and he tweet mentioned at this, us. This is my tenth show. He yes. Um, wow. You can tweet at us at uh, let's see, uh, Nooner Podcast at Gmail. Oh no, Nooner Dan Marty. Uh, and then you can email us for the mail sack Nooner Podcast at Gmail We're not going to run a full show today. I have um, some stuff I need to take care yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Can you get more specific about I'll, that? I'll you are kind of specific. cagey. I'll get specific later. Is that what they say? You in a cage. I'm. I feel like I'm in a cage uh, every fucking day. Um, I know. But today is in this country is the first Tuesday of November, which means it's election day here. Here in America, that's right. Yes. I cannot vote because I'm here as well, how a, long have a, you been here? A guest of the country. Why, why did you get a citizenship? <laughs> um, and some of you might be thinking, oh, really? I thought elections happened every four years. No, they happen every year, every goddamn year. And, That's right. Uh, and there are probably more people who are aware that the McRib is back on the McDonald's menu than they know, than know that it's election day today. We have pretty crazy priorities. Yeah. And uh, this election will determine whether the next two years will be about the do-nothing Congress or the do-less-than-nothing Nothing Congress slash fuck everything up Congress. Yeah. Um, so what's at stake is the Senate. That's the big thing that people are talking about right now. It's controlled by the Democrats, and it's in all likelihood it will go over to Republicans, which just means that uh, Congress will be completely controlled by Republicans. All right? And, uh, you know, the, I mean, here's the thing. Young people get excited about presidential year elections, but they don't pay attention to the midterms, and that's what these are called, midterms elections. I know that. Okay. You know. Just, this is just for um, the other German listeners that are listening, like Michael Binhock. Um, older Republicans tend to vote during midterms because they have nothing better to do with their time. And uh, young people are like, eh, you know, I want to, you know, I want to be part of the change and hope, you know, that movement. Um, but what this, what happens is like crazy legislations, re- legislation passes. Um, and then also the shift in Congress is going to happen. Yeah. And this, you know, that means that nothing Obama wants will get passed. I know. So we're going to be so, in a deadlock. Yeah. Well, so no immigration reform, no climate change legislation, no corporate tax reform. Just a deadlock. We um, have to have a better system. And here's what Congress is likely to pass. Abortion bans, legislation to promote fossil fuel extraction like the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, the defunding of Obamacare, the weaken, weakening of the EPA, and crazy budgets that slash and cripple and eco- economically The EPA is going to be so weak, they're going to be like some of those yoga pants that are see-through when you bend over. <laughs> the Lululemons? Yeah, they're going to be as weak as a pair of Lululemons. Do you have yoga pants? I do. Are they Lululemon? They are not. I got them is at... Is that a, uh, a choice? No, it was, well, in generally, yes, because I, 
As you know, I'm a big fan of the goodwill, uh-huh. the used clothing stores. Oh, I thought you meant just the, what's in the hearts of, of all men, yeah, mm-hmm. humans. No, not my heart is filled with hatred and bitterness. <laughs> That's where I get my used clothes. <laughs> hatred and bitterness. That t-shirt is woven from the underbelly of bitterness. <laughs> it's very, very soft, my, actually. By tortured children in, in starving countries. Okay. Uh, so, go on. No. Then this is the question. We we know what the problem is. Well, okay. Here, let me let me just get through this little rant, and then we can we can solve it. Okay. Okay. Maybe speed it up just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the Senate won't. They won't let. Um, they'll prevent Obama from bringing up. Uh, bringing in any sort of progressive appointees to his administration, like, you know, the federal and Supreme Courts. And they kind of do that already with the filibuster. And then, you know, you look at the, um, you know, like the um, Surgeon General, he's been fighting hard to fight the Republicans in Congress about the Ebola quarantines and using actual science instead of panicking our citizens. Oh, wait. No, wait. We don't have a Surgeon General. We haven't had a Surgeon General for 16 months, over a year, almost a year and a half. Because they cannot agree? Because Vivek Murthy, Murthy uh, the Obama's choice for Surgeon General, he came out and said that gun violence was a health risk. That was... And oh, then he get all the NRAs all stirred up. Yeah, so the NRA put up pressure on the Senate and said that he was an unacceptable choice for Surgeon General because he said that guns kill people. I mean, it's a statement of fact, but yeah. that's the sort of Congress, that's the sort of politicized world we live in. We live in a very politicized world. Yeah, and um, so, the, okay. There was a picture of that guy standing holding a sign that said, uh, guns Something like this, guns, you know, cause cause a lot of death. And then there Ooh, was uh, another guy standing next to him with a sign of his own, a rebuttal sign. Mm-hmm. And it, his sign said, this spoon made me fat. Well. And so his point was that the people holding the gun have responsibility. Mm-hmm. Just as he have responsibility for what the spoon put in his mouth. Yesterday, uh, for I thought it was pretty clever, but I don't agree, I don't agree. that that's a yesterday, parallel analogy. Yesterday, a four-year-old boy shot his three-year-old sister in Ohio with a handgun. Did he kill her? He killed her. Wow. Yeah. So, um, who, who's to blame there? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the sort of that's why we need things like gun control. Uh, also, but so why do we get in the situation where? We, we have these politicians more worried about the gun lobby than their constituents. Because we and, live in a capitalistic and, society and, and everything comes down to money. Well, but then, but even still, people vote against their, what they believe in. If you ask the, how they, you know, people say in polls, whatever, you know, um, that we can have stricter gun laws, that we should screen for, for, uh, Felons, you know, yeah. we should do background checks for guns. Yeah. Overwhelmingly, even NRA members, yet we still have these politicians scared of the NRA because of money. But then, you know, and they're protecting big businesses who pollute and then they, but then they think, do things that deny climate change or evolution. And so there are two things. Okay. Marty, this is so dreary. All right, we'll get through it quickly, but this is a very important day. It is. Yeah. And, 
people are idiots. I'm an, an idiot as well, you know, because I don't know everything that's on the ballot. Well, see, you don't vote, so you don't un- you don't appreciate. I'm a this. guest of the country, <laughs> and I. But I did come up with what I would vote for if I could vote. Yes. And I, uh, gun control was not on the ballot this year. Mm-hmm. At the moment. Okay, let me get to my point, okay? I was hoping you would. <laughs> like 10 minutes ago? Okay, in Massachusetts, which is, you know, where people are probably probably more civic-minded than they are in California, where I where we are, um, they expect and it's a pretty, you know, competitive governor's race there. They yeah. expect over 52% of people vote. Oh, vote that's turnout. that's pretty good. 52, like just over half of registered voters they expect to show up at the ballots. That's a high a high percentage. It's not ideal, but it's pretty high. Okay. And in like in 2008 in the country there were around 57% of Americans voted. Oh. Which is, you know, that's a, on a presidential year. So compare this to in Uruguay in 2009, 96% of their population voted. Oh, yeah. 86% of Peruvians in 2011, 90% of Ecuadorians, Taiwan, France, Iceland, Romania, Chile. Almost, there are almost 60 countries that have better voter turnouts than us. And, well, we are too busy getting our nails done and watching what is on the TV. And, and talk- watching like costumed cats on Roombas in videos. That's one of my favorite things. Have you seen that? I do. I like yeah. him. He's pretty cute. Yeah. Uh, but we're too busy watching our TV and consuming our cons- our entertainment. So between our ignorance and our apathy, we deserve the democracy we have. Well, we certainly built it for ourselves. Yeah. We have Sam Brownback, the governor of Kansas, who be- doesn't believe in evolution and believes that corporate tax cuts generate more revenue somehow. Like, there's no math that makes that work out. And we have a, a, the next governor of Texas is going to be this guy who believes you know, in eliminating abortion and making it harder for voter turnout, you know, uh, voter restrictions, and yet le- relaxing gun laws. So there you go. That's where we are right well, now. Well, he's going to kill them one way or the other, either inside the womb or several years later when they get a hold of a gun. Yeah. And <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but I make myself laugh. Oh, you're hilarious. Well, okay, so my point is, uh, democracy demands an informed electorate. Yeah. And I don't think we are an informed electorate. No. So if you don't know who the vice president is, if you don't know who your state senators are, if you don't know who your congressman is or woman, um, you should. And then yeah. once you find those things out, you should vote. Yeah. Listen, do you know, uh, have you had a pet, like a cat or something, or you have the dogs? <laughs> You know, I don't think of them as pets. I think of them as your roommates. <laughs> yeah, they, they're the, the, slob, the slob roommate who never does the dishes. Oh, that was Dan Etheridge, by the way. <laughs> he was the worst roommate in terms of doing dishes. And I got a chance to see him this weekend. He came in for his birthday just for the weekend. He wasn't able to come out. Um, but he's doing very well, and he's extremely, extremely hairy. His birthday was um, on Halloween, if you haven't wished him one. Um, that's at Dan Etheridge if you want to say hello to him. This is what I think about the previous subject. Uh, what I was going to say about Ugh. pets. I know, here I go. Uh, you know, like uh, the if you have a cat, they still have a lot of predator instinct and you can put them outside and they will catch mice or gophers or things for their food if you don't feed them. But if you do feed them, they they stop hunting. They still hunt a little bit 
out of instinct, but they don't hunt for their food. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the thing we have in in the United States so many resources, so big and so rich, and we've been so uh, abundant for these 200 years or so, that everybody's just bloated and lazy, and there's no motivation to participate in democracy, right. because we still get our Cheetos, and we still get our uh, mad men on the cables. And we also feel like, Ugh, what's my vote going to do? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. We're getting all this abundance. We don't feel like we individually make a difference. So those two things combine to make everybody very apathetic in terms of participating in the democracy. What is going to make a change? I think, well, do you know, I had a vision of a dystopian future. I think it's going to take something big and A dreadful. revolution. And it begins here with Giselle. Vote for Giselle. Vote for Giselle. Oh, that would be such a hairy mistake. <laughs> But um, uh, I think it will take something big and dramatic and possibly violent. Uh, I don't think that I personally will survive it, but good luck to the rest of you. I, um, you were making yourself laugh earlier. Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> I don't even know. It was something with guns. Oh, yeah, uh, because I, I was thinking that was a terrible to put. He's against abortion, mm -hmm. but he's right. also against gun control. Yeah. So then that's what I would say. I say, well, okay, if you let them survive the womb, that's all right. They just will shoot each other when they reach four years old. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's a very well-constructed joke. And it makes me think back. You were just telling me earlier that... Because I thought I would try my hands at standing-up stand up co comedy. Standing-up comedy. How, how did that work out for you? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> <laughs> um Can you give us a little bit of your material? That well, you... because uh, my grandmother... When, when was this, by the way? I don't remember. Many years ago. When you were an early guest to this country? Yeah, when I was an early guest. Uh, there was this lady we knew, friend of my grandmother. And she, you know how the people here, that say, uh, Jesus Christ, you know, like this. But... Uh, That's, that's, you're not supposed to take the name in vain. So this lady would say, Jesus Cripes. <laughs> Jesus Cripes. It's like. Like that was, you know, better, less profane. Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? Profane mm -hmm. or something? Um, so I had a bit in my standing up comedy about how Jesus, there was two of them. There was Jesus Christ and there was Jesus Cripes. And they was both vying for to be the uh, leader of men. You see, it did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, Jesus Christ, they was like, um, you know, the good guy and the bad one. Uh, because Jesus Christ, like he, he could turn water into wine. And what can Jesus Christ do? He could turn water into mud with the help of a little handful of dirt. <laughs> Or pancakes with a little bit of yeah. flour Yeah, he could do eggs. pancake. <laughs> yeah, like this. So the people say, well, we'd rather have wine. <laughs> And that is how Jesus Christ got, beat, got to Jesus win. Christ. Got, he beat out Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, 
and uh, crickets and frogs. Is that, yeah. You know, and yeah. anything else in, in your good dig up? Uh, well, uh, this one is really bad. I like bad. Okay, it said, listen, bulimia is <laughs> no laughing matter. Except that I'm not bulimic, so to me, it is. <laughs> <laughs> then that was just That's gasps. That's terrible. But then I go on to booze. say, no, I go on to say, listen, because uh, always one person's tragedy is another person's comedy. So I laugh at bulimia, but don't you dare make a joke about a chicken neck crazy lady. That's, <laughs> I'm sensitive about it. <laughs> so who's, um, whose joke is the Holocaust? Oh, that who's so you said every every one person's tragedy is another person's, person's joke. That's a yeah. I, I, uh, I don't even know if I can speak about that. It right, would okay. just be too horrible. But I did hear this terrible joke. Mm-hmm. What is the worst thing about being a black Jew? Um, this is not your joke. It's not my joke, but I I did laugh at it at the horror of it. Oh, the dog is just being really cute. The worst thing about being a black Jew is you have to stand at the back of the oven. Marty is off the microphone, or you would have heard him laugh a little bit. I did not laugh. That How dare you suggest that I would laugh at something so horrible and offensive. It's very horrible and very offensive. Um, Michael Binhock has uh, a couple more another week with a terrible roommate who doesn't do the dishes. And if you say something about it, he gets aggressive. Oh, um, Chris, one, and he says he have one more week? Yeah. Till November 15th. A little over a week, yeah. Who, who is moving out on November 15th, Michael uh, or the roommate? Oh, I don't know. Well, he'll tweet again to let us know. Uh, because it's really important for the story, right? I'm curious to all his right, life. Right, well, you're more curious about that than politics. No, I'm very curious about politics, but... Uh, no, I'm kidding. But this was what I was going to say when you was ranting. What can we do to make voting more popular in the midterm elections and cool and get people to participate and learn about the issues? Uh-huh. What do you think we could do? Um, oh, I thought you were going to say something and not ask something. Oh, oh I see. Okay, well, I have some ideas. Okay, go on. Okay, uh, everybody love uh, the Halloween, Halloween that we have. Which is always close to the voting day. Yeah, so maybe we make it that you can dress up. Uh, you can dress up for to vote. Uh-huh, and if you have a better costume, you get more votes. <laughs> you really do look like uh, Jason Voorhees. Three votes. Oh, you so. get, yeah, that would be good. No, but then it would be come down to money because people who pour a lot of money into their costume would uh, have a better money and politics. You just can't separate them. Can't separate. But what if you? Uh, what if? If you is interested in voting, you uh, have a party with your friends, you know, the night before, like a voting party where you have snacks and discuss the issues in a lighthearted way. Okay. That could be fun. Okay. 
you know, try to make it a social uh, event. The same way people uh, talk about, you know how I'm always hoping that people talk about what they see on TV. They could talk about these voting issues in the same way, with a lighthearted attitude. Hey guys, what do you think of Measure A? <laughs> Uh, I'm for it. Beer me. <laughs> yeah. Are there any more nachos? <laughs> um, it could be really fun. Chris Brown is saying that there's mandatory voting laws in countries like Australia. Um, yeah, I don't think that that is good. I think a voluntary... I mean, democracy should be voluntary, but it should uh, also... I mean, you know, it comes down to... like People just need to be more informed, and people also need to care, feel like they, they have an influence in the, the process. And when we have these big corporations who are, uh, or, and lobby groups like the NRA, it makes us feel useless. I mean, I felt, you know, knowing that most of the population wants background checks and knowing that it's never going to happen in Congress because of the NRA makes me feel like my vote is worthless. Yeah, I agree. Um, Your vote is worthless. Uh, it's sad. This was my view of the dystopian future, that these lobby groups or corporations will really take bigger and bigger chunks of our lives and they diversify. So Monsanto will uh, will combine with Time Warner and they will own our food and our entertainment and then they'll combine with Nestle and own our water. And you just will have to pick which corporation you want to give your allegiance to. And uh, all of us people will just be minions for the big corporations. Coke! Pepsi! Coke! Pepsi. Yeah. And, and they will have us go to war. Oh, there you go. So Monsanto will go to war with... Uh, Yum Foods? Yeah, or Archer Daniels Midland. Or <laughs> Those guys are pals. They golf together. Okay, so they will have us go to war with uh, Vodafone. <laughs> Is that even in this country? We're, it's going to be international. They will take over Verizon. Oh, there will be no more borders. Yeah, it's going to be corporate borders. Only corporate borders, not uh, geographic. Yeah. That's my vision of a dystopian yeah. future. And if anybody out there want to run with it and write a novel, I would be the first one to read it. There you go. Chris Brown, I think you found your next... Uh, Chris Brown, are you a writer? No, but he was looking for a new project to do. For Get on it. Yeah. Um, I want an outline on my desk by <laughs> 8 a.m. tomorrow. Oh, Michael's roommate, here's the follow-up. Uh, the roommate is moving. Yes, and uh, if he doesn't, he'll be a victim of Michael's compound bow. Um, I've never had to live with a hostile roommate. And I feel very thankful. I read some of the stories on the internet and hear this from Michael. And I think that must be so stressful to come home to aggressive behavior. Your home should be your sanctuary so you can rest and uh, wash the weight of the world off of you. Your quiet place so you can regroup and get back out there. But yeah. if out there is in your home... No place for you to regroup. Well, if you have a compound bow, you can feel safe in a lot of places. Is that an uh, is that a thing you shoot it's arrows a, it's with? It's a yeah, it's a bow. You know, it has the little gears on the top and bottom, and it lets you oh. hold it with less uh, effort than a regular bow. Oh, yeah. Um, 
so there's a thing called uh, there's a cookbook, or actually it started out as a blog called Thug Kitchen. I like that one. And it was you, you know you're familiar yeah, with it. Yeah, they're really funny. He used it's, a lot of swear words. It's a, a vegan uh, uh, blog, and it's like eat like you give a fuck. Uh, is the the name of their their cookbook? Yeah, and so they they will say, oh, it's it's mother mother beeping time for you to get your hands on some beeping vegetables and cook these beeping vegetables. What is beeping? The the dirty words. <laughs> and so um, so, do you know who they are? I mean. I don't, but they, they seem nice. Do you know who they are? Uh, well, did they did they come off? Did it feel like um, like there was some question about you know it was a big mystery about who they were because they kept their their identities? <gasps> it's private. Archer Daniel Smithland, isn't it? <laughs> yep, they're trying to. No, um, first of all, I have a problem because it's vegan food, and um. No, I actually don't have a problem with vegan food. Sorry, the dogs are just going nuts right this morning, um, but they're so happy. Um, but then some, you know, people thought it was maybe, you know, there was some speculation of who, like, it might be some well-known hip hop person or something like that. Turns out it's uh, two uh, white people, pretty white people in Hollywood. Um, Mich- well, you su- did that surprise Michelle you? Davis and Matt Holloway. Uh, it didn't surprise me. Well, it surprised a lot of people. Um, that they were white? That they were these upper middle class white people um, because they ad- adopted this sort of thug persona. Oh, yeah. And people um, got very mad uh, about them appropriating uh, thug culture. Oh, my goodness. And, and using it in, in a sort of mocking way. Anyway. I disagree. First of all, there was not mocking. Second of all, it was entertaining. Third of all, you see what I'm saying? This is what people is paying attention to. Uh, they're paying attention to who is behind Thug Kitchen, this random vegan recipe website. Or now everybody's going crazy about Alex from Target and about how everybody He's else is going crazy about Alex He's from dreamy. Target. <laughs> You know, so what? So well, I, I don't even being, want to talk anymore about the subject well, we, then because that kind you're of feeding the beast. <laughs> but you're feeding okay, the I have, beast. You realize I have a limited amount of things to talk about. You I know. know. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead about thug well, kitchen. But, We're so upset. They're appropriating thug culture. No, they're not. There's no copyright on swear words. Well, and what is? But are they using? Um, you're under the thrall of big profanity. But no, it, it was, it's more a, a question <laughs> that was of... That funny, Marty. Big profanity. The lobby. Yeah, big... <laughs> well, it's more about racial identity than anything else. I, they were coming out and... Uh, well, I, I think there were some uh White people don't critics. swear? Uh, <laughs> well, I guess it, it was that they were... A, Appropriating black culture. I disagree completely. Okay. Because they was not, they was just using lot of dirty language. And if you're going to tell me and try to tell me that that is black culture, I just think that's insulting on many, many levels to blacks, to whites, to culture. And I mean, if anything, they're making fun of, not making fun of, they're, they're trying to change the image of vegan cooking and make it seem less froofy. 
Yes, Nembe Pembe. <laughs> I, I, that, do you realize that's a, it was appropriated from the German language? Nembe Pembe? No. <laughs> gotcha. Um, <laughs> well, but it does also say like, okay, what, you know, like who has a right to words and, and phrasing, you know? And there's this, there's... Listen, you mother beeper TM. <laughs> You're going to have to say you cannot, Every time you say beeper that's, You have to give Giselle a nickel Copyright Monsanto 2014 <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah So like, There are all these videos right now About um, Sort of Like people acting In a thug culture way And uh-huh. Have you seen these videos? Here I'll play one for you There's a guy A, little, a, a, a boy is around 10 uh, trying to tie his shoe and tie your shoes. I can't tie my shoes, but I can fuck your bitch. And then, <laughs> so it's about. Oh well. And then they play this, this music. Go. You Do are you five? Yeah, five inches deep in your mom. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so then they played a little song on there. Okay, um, that's enough of that. So give that guy a gun. And those are two little white kids just acting like uh, again. Thugs. Are you surprised? What is in the media? What do they hear on the musics? Right. <clears throat> and I'm not saying to censor the musics or the what's on the TV, but don't be surprised when a kid adopt that attitude I mean, in those words. It's like should you know should white people be allowed to play? Jazz and or to do hip hop and should should Asians be allowed to play uh, European classical music? You know. So anyhow, it, it does seem like uh, this weird. Uh, I, I agree with you. It's a, a lot of hype over nothing. But um, I mean, I they were if you extrapolated what these critics are saying, they're saying it's basically, it's, it's uh, online blackface is what they're saying. Ah, online blackface. Well, I just disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I don't think that um, they are making fun. It did not, I, I, I subscribe to Thug Kitchen. I like the recipes and I like their attitude of, of trying to bring a different face to vegan Right, cooking and and profanity is part of our culture. It's and, part of every everybody's, yeah. yeah. And and I think it's it's just terrible to say no. That's black culture because that's wrong and it it's just insulting to everybody. <laughs> um, but also, all these lines are getting blurred, and to me, I say they can't get blurred fast enough. Yeah. It's part of the melting pot, right? Yeah, let's just all melt together. And then people say, oh, but we're losing this or that, our cultural identity. Okay, then keep your cultural identity if you want. You know, uh, uh, that's fine too. But we've got a lot of problems to solve as a uh, planet at this point. And so the faster we can all melt into one... The faster we can get onto the problem of having proper nutrition and sanitation for everybody on the planet. You do have goodwill. <laughs> uh, speaking of cultural identity, there was a very, very funny uh, Reddit uh, article. There, uh, you're familiar with 
T-I-F-U. Oh, hold on. I am familiar with T-I-F-U. We will get to that. Eric Jordan tweet in. Aaron. Um, oh, Aaron. I'm sorry, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. And uh, they say, uh, if you've never had a bad roommate, then maybe you have been the bad roommate. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one on me. I was the bad roommate. I wonder if I was. Yeah. I think you need to do some soul searching. I wonder if I was. Um, I will have to look up those people and ask them if I was hard to live with. <laughs> you can ask Helmut right now. And he'll say, no, you're, you're fine. You're great. <laughs> um, so what is TIFU? Uh, it is Today I Bleeped TM Monsanto 2014 <laughs> Copyright up. up. Today I Bleeped Up. Um, so there, there was, a, and basically it's a, a forum where people post uh, uh, stories where they've acted uh, poorly. Is this the one where the guy was Chinese? Uh, well, let's not get, give it away, but uh, there was a, about 17 years ago, my wife and I adopted a baby from an Asian American family. We knew very little details, um, but they were too young to have children. So this guy, a uh, white dude, um, he and, and his, his, and his, and his wife, wife, wife. And, and his white wife, they were, you know, they wanted to be really culturally sensitive. So they, you know, they raised their child in their home, but they also um, made sure he went to Chinese school. They he traveled Mandarin. To, yeah, they traveled to China two weeks every year. And every they, year. Yeah. And they had uh, mentors, Chinese mentors, like an, uh, you know, adoptive So Chinese that he aunt. would have ties to his roots, yeah. to who he and, is. And so, you know, he's a fluent speaker in Chinese. And, uh, and so, you know, he's 17 now. And they're filling out their, their college uh, applications and final financial aid forms. And he was going through his old adoption rep- records. And then he noticed uh, the... His biological, yes. The surname of the biological uh, parents. Okay, yes. And the parents' last names were Park and Kim. And those are not Chinese names. No, they're they not. They are. Um, they're Korean. They yes. are Korean. So, and he just, his response was, fuck, fuck, fuck. And so basically, he, you know, for 17 years, he'd been raising a kid who, is, uh, who fully embraced this Chinese identity. Um, and, and he was Korean. Korean, so he was. He didn't know what to do because he did. He had, didn't tell his wife, and he didn't tell his son. He had just found out, and he posted it to this internet to yes. get advice. Mm-hmm. I thought the and one. Then, oh, and then uh, so yeah. then people uh, basically <laughs> just went on a rampage on this guy, accusing him of being a racist, and you know he just made a bad wait, assumption. Wait, 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 those. Those ones, those comments got very downvoted. I did not even see them. I saw them referred to, but I did not read any of the nasty comments because everybody knew that's baloney. He is not a racist. That's crazy. He made a mistake. He made an assumption and he made a mistake. What I liked, the advice that I liked that they gave him was to say, tell your son and your wife right away. Because right now, it is a mistake. Tomorrow, it is a lie of omission if you don't say anything. What if he just burns the adoption records and doesn't tell anyone ever? Just tell him. It's no big deal. Uh, It is a big deal, though. It don't have to be a big deal. 
it's going to be a big deal. If you're a 17-year-old boy who's been told, who's been raised one way, yeah. and then you've been told it's, it's an inadvertent lie, like, you, you've embraced this identity so readily, yeah. and, and, uh, and you feel like you're part of something. You feel like you're, you have ties to roots, and then you realize those aren't roots at all. That's, this, that's devastating. It does not have to be. How can it not be? Uh, you, just, you say, listen, the Chinese economy <laughs> is increasing much, much faster than the <laughs> Korean economy. And then when their reunification happens, they're going to be all fucked up. Trust me, you're happier that you're fluent in Chinese. So Godspeed and you're going to make a lot more money. It's going to be a shock because it's very different. It's a new uh, parameter, a new paradigm. What do they say? A paradigm paradigm shift. 20 cents, pair of dimes. Uh, so, Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Dr. Shin, good night. That was another one from my standing up comedy. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be a big shock, but it, he don't have to be upset about it. He don't have to be. He could say, I have strong feelings for Chinese and now I have the opportunity, I have an open door to develop strong feelings for Korean. Since right. I am Korean, it could be an opportunity. Well, the, but it's, it's, the burden is placed on the son to, and not the parents. Well, I don't think it is a big burden. It's an opportunity. Did you read some of the comments? Two of the comments were from uh, adopt children, uh, people who had been adopted uh, as children and they were a different race than their parents. Well, okay, and they were saying it's just not a big deal. They did not feel it was a big deal to them because the most important thing is that the parents love the son and the son loved the parents. They have a great relationship. That was not in question. The father was saying, we love him. He loves us. We, we, we just think he's great. The, um, what's, the, what's the harm in, in not telling him? Uh, if he find out later, then he feels trust has been betrayed and he was lied to as opposed to uh, just a mistake was made. Um, a lie is different. Keeping it from him is very different than, oh, you made a mistake. Keeping it from him means you did not trust me enough to know. You was trying to control my experience in the world by keeping this from me. You know, it just have a lot of different issues about trust, whereas a mistake is just a mistake. Um, and also... Uh, if someday it come up, if it make a difference genetically, I don't know. But if you say he develops some disease or if somehow his blood have a vaccine in it and it turn out that it don't because he's Korean instead of Chinese, you know, it, if genetics, he just might want mm -hmm. to know someday down the right, road. Right, right. No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. But so that's I, why I think just tell him. Yeah. No, no, I, have, right. I have had to get used to a big ground shift when I was about that age. You know, uh -huh. I, I, I came down with some cancer. Uh -huh. It's different than finding out you're a different race than what you thought you were, a different nationality. Uh, but it is a big paradigm shift. I thought I was going to go off to college and go have this and that happen. But instead, no, you're home going through chemotherapy and have all kind of surgery and you can't go out to play and you may be going to die. It's a big left turn in life. Right. So I do know about that shock. 
Right. And I, I suppose it's no different from uh, or th- the same sort of shock uh, an adopted person finds out when they are adopted if they're in a, a same race family, you know, it being it, where they're raised thinking that they're the biological uh, child. And then are you listening. Yeah. Um, and and then finding out that they were adopted, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have a couple comments here. Uh, Darren says, there's a fine line between appropriating a culture and mocking those who appropriate the culture. Um, for wait, example, wait, let Chet me think Hayes. about that, Darren. And then he says, there are, there's been a lot of bad comedy that starts from the premise that all white guys rapping is inherently funny. Now, I would say that might have been f- true in the 80s, but these days there are, uh, there are just... Uh, Rapping is a, for instance, is part of uh, it. It goes beyond race. I mean, you've got lots of M and M. M and M. You've got uh, then you've got these nerd rappers. You've got George Watsky. Uh, the Beastie it's just Boys. The Beastie Boys. Yeah. So it's just not. I don't think that that's an issue anymore. I Joseph mean, uh, Joseph Douglas Watson pointed out that Sag culture has been used for monetary means by plenty of people. Why should any group have a monopoly on capitalism? That's true. You look at uh, yeah. these hard rappers who who glorify guns and then go, you know, and, and uh, crime and then go home to their suburban house and their gated communities, you know, they, and they have used that persona to, to uh, create a very good life for themselves. I, that's an excellent, excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Joseph, I thought, looked terrific for his Halloween costume and has also given a shout-out to the Goodwill. Do you appreciate the Goodwill, too, the used clothing store? I just love it. Um, yeah, I love Alex from Target. Yeah, here. Uh, Alex, you like Target to shop? No, no, what's the guy's name? Alex, Alex from Target. Erin point out, why can't the family make it part of the family lore and have a laugh? Laugh about it. Perfect screenplay fodder. Yeah, you see, Aaron is on the right track. There are other reactions that are possible. Yes. Even given that it is a shock. Yes. And uh, ultimately, it's about the father getting over his own shame about making a huge, huge uh, assumption assumption and and making it, turning it into a positive. And, you know, I was talking to my brother-in-law and he's, he's somebody who doesn't like any sort of drama and he's like I would just shut up about it I wouldn't say anything and he wouldn't it wouldn't plague him with guilt either because, oh. because he would be like well, it's just easier to do it that way you know that's his he has a simple attitude calm uh, somebody it's a, it's a coping mechanism yeah it's more, you know it's, it's like that's eh. not to take it too hard yeah Somebody pointed out that there is a community of genetic, uh, the genetically, I don't know if that's the right word, but they are Korean, biologically Korean, what live in the north of China. Oh, uh, well, there's, yeah, I mean, there's a huge mix of people too, uh, because in, you know, the north of China abuts North Korea, and you've got uh, a lot of crossover going on there. Yeah. People, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, and you is look there... at northern Chinese people and you compare them to, they have a lot of similar facial features to, to Koreans. So. Is there racism between Koreans and Chinese? More so between Koreans and Japanese. Koreans and Japanese. Mm-hmm. Who don't like who? Japanese don't like Koreans. Japanese don't like Koreans. Yeah, so there, there are Koreans, because they're... they're 
racist. I mean, think about like. Well, why do Japanese say they don't like Koreans? They don't say we're racist. What no, do they say? No, but they say? think they're a superior race. Or they think they're just superior. Yeah, they mean, think Koreans are stupid. Um, I, I, it's like think about like uh, World War Two, just this sort of imperialistic sort of. A stance that they took in, in controlling the Pacific theater, oh. you know, um, and okay. uh, I mean it's why you know everybody every race thinks that they're superior in some ways, um, but there are are, are ja are Korean people in living in secret in Japan who have taken on Japanese identities and be, because oh. the, the professional opportunities are greater if you're Japanese, oh. yeah. Um, and I'm sure that happens in all sorts of different cultures. Uh, this weekend, I saw the number one movie in the United States. That's a big change of direction. Yeah, well, I figured we should get... Now you've disrupted my conversational identity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I will write about it in TIFU. <laughs> I don't know who I am. I will say today I <laughs> I disrupted someone's conversational identity i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> that is the definition of this podcast <laughs> uh did you what movie did you see nightcrawler oh did you like it did you see it i have not yet i don't think you would like it tell me why because you don't like most movies <laughs> <laughs> some of them oh, you like things like um uh, uh she, she's out of your league oh i loved that one it was so underrated did you see it <laughs> she's out of my league or she's out of your league uh -huh. i'm out of her league mm -hmm. that was a really funny and cute movie jay baruchel and alice eve yeah that's right jay baruchel i like him he's funny you know who else is really funny ben schwartz IMDb. He's really funny. He he have a series on funny or die sometimes. He's um he's all right. I find him hilarious because he, I saw a movie. He's the guy too. who was uh, partnered with uh, Aziz Ansari on Parks and Recreation, and uh, he was on he's on that Showtime show with Kristen Bell. You know, I've not seen him on any of the big television shows mm -hmm. that he's been in. So that I would not know. I know he had a role in that, that television show with Don Cheadle. That's uh, the one I was talking about. Lie to me, trust me, don't trust me. Mm -hmm. what yeah, is it's, it's, it's one of those. T.M. Monsanto, 2014. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was not so great in that because... Oh, he was not as great in that. It's when he do, does his own funny thing. But I also saw He's a movie. Right. We will get back to Nightcrawler. I saw He's the not. not number one movie, the one that is called This Is Where I Leave You. Uh-huh. Why did you see that? That's the one with uh, uh, Tina Fey and Jason Bateman. Yeah, right? because I'm a fan of Jason Bateman. Mm -hmm. Also Tina Fey. Mm -hmm. And... Ben Schwartz had a really funny role in it, and he was great. I think he's just top drawer. Uh, he's he's all right. You don't like him? I'm not a huge fan. Have you met him? No. Mm -mm. But did, did he hurt your feelings? <laughs> he was talking smack on. He interrupted my my conversational identity, <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't apologize for it. No, I think he just tries real hard. You know. And is trying really hard bad 
if you succeed. No, yeah, see, that's the thing. I, I, I just, he's always just, he's always just very, um, uh, I, I wouldn't feel like I could relax around a guy like that. Oh, I see. Well, he's young. You know, yeah, he's yeah. young. Oh, but he's very, and he's very ambitious and, and he's very successful. He's written a couple books. And Ooh. yeah, look him up. Um, this episode brought to you by Ben Schwartz. <laughs> a division of Monsanto. <laughs> okay, so Nightcrawler. So this is this sort of media satire uh, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal of the Gyllenhaal uh, dynasty. A division of Monsanto. <laughs> Actually, ADM. Um, and uh, he, you know, he lost 30 pounds for the role. He produced it and he... he does all this character work where he slumps over and he doesn't, you know, he keeps his eyes really wide and he talks really affectedly. And <laughs> yeah, I see what is happening. I see what is There's happening. Some dog issues here. Um, you know what the big issue is? Is that's lasted five weeks? Is that the same one I? Gave yeah, this you? is the 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 uh, squash that. Dear listeners. Many weeks ago, I brought to Marty, I don't know if you remember, a butternut squash that I had found growing from the lilac tree in the backyard. I think somehow it snuck over from the neighbor and was growing in our yard. And there it was, fully grown. So I bring it over to Marty and I say, you're a chef. You can do something really nice with this butternut squash. And he says, okay, I will do well, now I have to because... Well, the thing about squash is, is they keep for a long time. Clearly they do because yeah. it's been like four or five weeks and, and it's, in it's great still shape. there. It's in great shape. Anyway, the, the, dog the dog was, the dog was licking it and no. chewing it. Yeah, but now I... So I have to do something now. Uh, so anyhow, um, Jake Gyllenhaal looked really creepy. Um, was his character acting distracting? Yeah, really I distracting. See. Ugh. You want just, to say to him, listen, Jake, you're, you're good looking, you're a leading man. Yeah, eat just, a sandwich, you just, know, and, and just, just do your thing. And leave the character acting be, to Steve Buscemi. Yeah, be, be the Prince of Persia, not, and, uh, you know. <laughs> the Prince of Persia. That was his movie. That was his big budget movie. Oh. Um, and, uh, but, yeah, I, I didn't care for it. And I thought, like, the critics on, on the local critics just went crazy about it, saying you know, it was best movie of the year and, uh, and uh, that it was this biting satire and it was mean and hilarious. There was none of those things. It was just really... And it didn't make a lick of sense. So it's about these guys who go and, and uh, catch news footage of people in accidents and then using that for the night, nightly news and selling it to the nightly news. Oh. They call them stringers. And uh, I just don't think that that's a, I don't really, I think it's, I don't think if that, that is a, a, a big thing. I mean, I don't turn on the news. Nobody watches local news anymore. Uh, was there a lot of gore in this movie? Uh, there was a little bit, you know. But, Showing the accidents? Yeah, yeah. But mm. um, uh, it, it just didn't resonate with me at all. So I was really mad. Okay. So don't watch it, everybody. But if you did watch it le- and liked it, let us know why. Let us know why you're wrong. Why I'm wrong. That's uh, Nooner Dan Marty on the Twitter. Um, and if you want to see, uh, how is the movie? This is where I leave you. Well, it was pretty predictable, and it it 
it it just go from one heartfelt scene to another. Um, so I would not say it was too good, but I like Jason Bateman. I just like him. I find him amiable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, I thought that Tina Fey did a good job uh, being a little less goofy. So it was nice to see she have that range. She can play really goofy and really boring too, and really kind of straight up too. Yeah. So I like her. Uh, Jane Fonda was in there. She's terrible. I'm going to say I agree with you. Yeah. And she's just from a different era of acting. Yeah. Um, she was on The Simpsons this weekend. but uh, Also, I'm just so distracted by all her facial surgery. Yeah. And I think her body too. I'm not sure, but it just, it don't look natural. Yeah. And I mean, she's just a, a very big and demonstrative actress. And I, I don't believe her. At all. Yeah. I don't believe her as a human being either, like you said. Um, so, I mean, speaking of, uh, uh, of physical appearance, uh, did you watch the uh, catcalling video where there was a woman who yeah. walked it for 10 hours in uh, New York City and was accosted by strangers uh, yeah. over 100 times? And she had several, uh, she was wearing jeans and a, and a tight t shirt. Um, tight, tight jeans and a tight, tight t-shirt. t-shirt. Yes, and she was a rather curvy woman, um, very attractive, very beautiful, very, very beautiful lady. And uh, and so she, and she had like men just walk and she uh, the, so somebody was in front of her with a video t- camera pointed in their you know in their backpack at her, and so uh, the goal was that she would over this ten hours wouldn't talk to anybody. We yeah, just continue she walking. Does walk. But people was coming up to her, hey, baby, why don't you smile? Hey, give me a smile. What's your number? You yeah. want to get to know me? You're yeah. looking good. Yeah. Uh, and then, so she just posted it up and, and edited you know, it down to a few minutes. And so you see this, uh, these few minutes of men catcalling her. And it feels uh, intrusive because, like, basically, you should be able to walk down the street without people invading your personal bubble and and respecting, you know, your space. But then uh, several pundits came out and and said like, oh, you know, that's a compliment. You know, it's uh, like this is part of, like, this is just saying that she's beautiful. What's wrong with that? As somebody who has spent time in New York and who... Uh, is a beautiful woman yourself, how, would, how do you respond to that? Well, I don't get many cat calls anymore. As you know, uh, at my age, it sort of tapers off unless I was to put on lots of makeup and, you know, p- make myself look curvaceous and that kind of thing. But uh, back in the days, I did have people say, hey, baby, smile, what is your number? Come over here. Things like this. And I tell you, Marty, I don't care. Mm. I think, quite frankly, this is a non-issue. The only aspect... So basically everything I've brought up today, you've shut down. No, I don't mean to shut it down. But I just mean that we're getting upset about things that aren't really helpful to be upset about. Mm -hmm. This is going to be... 
nothing is going to come of this. You can't stop people from yelling to you on the street. You can't stop it. So the only thing to do is change in your own brain to not care about it. Do you want to talk about how not to care about it? I'm talking to society now, not you specifically. Mm -hmm. Because that's all you can control is what's happening in your own mind. You can't stop people from yelling to you on the street. And I do understand that some of the ladies don't feel safe, that it's more than just annoyance. They don't feel safe. And Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for that. And one lady was saying, uh, there should be a law passed that people can't yell out because their free speech rights should not trump my right to feel safe on the street. And I say, well, how can I legislate everything to make you feel safe on the street? That's in your brain is, you know, how you feel on the street. And if you pay attention to all this and you think it's a big deal, oh, people are going to yell at me and this is going to happen and that's going to happen, then you get yourself all psyched up and you feel unsafe on the street. Mm-hmm. I, when I go out on the street, I know where I'm going. I pay attention to my surroundings. I'm looking forward to what business I'm doing. I'm taking care of my business, trying to be kind to the people in my life and make a positive difference. So if somebody say to me, hey, you have a nice behind on you, then I, I that don't even register. I'm not listening. I'm doing my thing. Right, right. And this is part of what... Oh, it, I sound angry. It made no, me... Angry. No, no, no. It should make... I mean, it. it's... I think it... It is a. It's not a good practice for for human beings to to objectify other human beings, um, but it's also a good practice for us to be uh, resistant to those sorts of um, things because it is just words, right? Yeah, just words. In the mic. Oh yeah, just words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you remind me of that. Yeah. See, Giselle doesn't like wearing the the headphones, so she sometimes doesn't know if she's in talking into the mic or not. You remind me. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, listen. And when I say this, this it all come back to that old story that I like. And maybe I've told you it before about the monk who was confronted by the warlord. This is an old-timey story. The warlord is riding along on his horseback with all of his retinue. And, and then he see the monk walking along the path and he stopped short the warlord, and he pull out his big scimitar and he say to the monk, he pointed down at the monk, the big scimitar, and he say, do you know, I have the power to cut you in two without blinking an eye. And the monk look up at the warlord and he say, do you know, I have the power to be cut in two without blinking an eye. So you think about that. The only thing in the whole world that you can control is where you put your own attention and your thoughts. Mm. Well, you can't really even control your thoughts because thoughts come and thoughts go. But it is where you put your own mental attention. So thoughts come and go just like unwanted comments from strangers. They come and go. exactly. They come and go. So if you want to dwell on this guy yelled at me or this guy followed me. And the other thing is, if you're... There are people who meet on the street and who do fall in love, you know, or, yeah. and, and you never know unless you try. And if, and often when we try, we fail and then we figure out better ways to, we, the only way we learn good social strategies is by failing, you know? So, you know, the other thing that they could do, um, 
I always, when I had my mastectomies, I always, I, I would fantasize because now I'm, you know, completely flat, Jess, mm -hmm. completely flat. And I would have a fantasy uh, because when I was a young girl before I had breasts, the young boys would yell out, hey, you flat chested, right? That's mm -hmm. a thing that young boys do to young girls. They say, hey, you flatty, flat, flat, you flat chested, right? And it hurt our feelings. Mm -hmm. And so then I was thinking when I had my mastectomies, oh, now I'm flat chested again. And I was thinking, what if somebody was to yell that at me on the street now? They go, hey, you flatty, flat, flat, right? Right. What would I do? Right. And I thought, you know what I would do? I would turn around and I would say, hey, listen, let me tell you why. It's because I had cancer in them. They go all bad, so I had to take them off. And, and so that's why I'm flat, like I would educate them. Right. And I would not, it would not hurt my feelings because I am flatty, flat, flat. It's, it's not a big secret. Um, so that's okay. But I thought, oh, what if I just engage them? So what if this lady walking down the street and people yell, hey, this or that, What if she stopped and she said, hey, you know what? That hurt my feelings because I'm, I'm trying to uh, go about my business and, and you're hurting my feelings or you're making me feel afraid. Right. Would you mind not yelling that to me? Yeah. You know, you could always do that. Hey, baby, I just said you're beautiful. You should take it as a compliment. Oh, you know, thank you. But I have to tell you, I have trust issues and I don't trust that you're coming from a safe place with it. Uh, it feels to me like you, you want to upset me, and, and I, I want for you not to try to upset me. You stuck up. Bleh. Go fuck yourself. Bleh. Yeah, I guess you're right, Marty. I guess it would not work. No, but I think, it would, I think saying it is better than than. You could always say, well, yeah, I'm trying not to be stuck up, but maybe you have a point, kind sir. <laughs> Good it, day to you, sir. Anyway, just food for your thinking. Yeah. Um, All right, guys, I know that we are uh, going to end a little early today, so um, here we go. Oh, We're going to no. dip into the mail It's sack. Mail sack, mail sack, come on, get back in that mail sack. Can they hear me over it? They can hear you over it. Sorry. She's not wearing the headphones, so she can't hear the mail sack song. Uh, yeah, that was great. All right, this is from uh, over a week ago because we had our little boozy thing. Uh, but Vincent from uh, Hong Kong, he mailed in. And I don't, I, hopefully this is still um, relevant and hopefully they're still fighting the good fight in, uh, in Hong Kong. And he said, uh, let's see, number one, the government initiated dialogue with student activist groups, but the talk was standard bureaucratic speak with uh, which both parties gained nothing. A bunch of daring rock climbers pulled off a ballsy move by hanging a gigantic banner that reads, I want true universal suffrage, hashtag umbrella revolution, at the top of Lion Rock, a hill that look, overlooks the urban areas. And you should check out the video. It's pretty, pretty uh, dramatic and awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, Kenny G visited one of the occupied sites and tweeted some photos. And then Chow Yun-Fat... Um, Uh, who's a big actor, he has um, he spoke out in support of these Hong Kong protesters. And then uh, mainland China said that he would be uh, banned from working in uh, China as an actor. And he said uh, he was fine with it. He just said, I will just make less money, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, I like that guy. Yes, he's great. And then since the movement has been going on for... Um, 
a month, both sides of the camps are making use of social media to spread information. And I'm sure some misinformation. While the pro-democracy camp uses social media to disseminate uh, crucial information on the misconducts of police brutality, the pro-establishment camp also use social media to start their own smear campaign. The sad thing is those campaigns didn't quite achieve the objective and often ended up as uh, the object of ridicule. For instance, they conveniently took a picture tweeted by an actor in zombie makeup uh, with a police uniform and said the protesters beat the police into a pulp. Um, That's really funny, actually. Um, And then uh, someone made a a video um, with the hopes that people would believe it. Um, That's pretty much it for the week. Keep up the great work. Regards, Vincent. Wow, that's that's incredible. Well, it's amazing that it's had the legs it's had, and it says something about how important it is. By the way, in Hungary, you know, they had that internet tax uh, that they proposed. Yeah, that, and know, that they, got voted down. Uh, not voted down. It got protested down. Protested down. Yeah. Oh. So there, we t- had talked in previous uh, whether protests work, and there's a case where protests did work, though they might bring it up again next mm. year. Um, Daniel said. Uh, uh, a few weeks ago, I asked, uh, was asking where I could find the old morning shows with Dan and Marty and the Nooner podcast, and you pointed me to the Smodcast website. I didn't express myself clearly. What I meant is that all the links there are down. When you click on the episode, it, it says error. Error. Is that just me? Please help. I really want to re- visit all those podcasts. Okay, I'll look into that. I don't know uh, about that. And uh, if there are uh, podcasts available... Um, Darren or Tyson, can you put it on the Tumblr page, just a link? That would be great. And Daniel, you can check there. If you don't find it there, then uh, uh, we'll try to find it for you. Um, Ash Williams says, uh, from Kruger Productions, based on William Shakespeare's The Rape of Lucretia, Boat Gas, the musical starring Constance Rape. (laughs) (laughs) Rely on Ash Williams to get rape in twice in uh, in a... Oh, I want to know. Message. I have a vision of Ash in my mind uh, of who Ash is. <laughs> don't, don't, don't explore that. I want to know. No, no, don't, don't. This is like some things are best not unknown. You know, it's, it, it's because we have to access the Ash in all of us. Um, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I am Spartacus. We are going to go. I am Ash. Um. Good morning, Murps. This is from Michael Binhock. I wanted to send you a voice message to show you um, a proper German accent, but unfortunately I haven't had much time to prepare one. But not, in other news, I had a uh, chat with my cousin on, sat- on Sunday, and in a knee-jerk reaction, I booked a flight to Michigan for my birthday, December 9th, for Christmas. Oh. Uh, so the California trip is postponed. In the meantime, I played some Lost Planet 3, with our very own Jim Payton. So far, I'm enjoying it very much. Till then, Michael. Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. Oh, well. And Michael's German, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Hello, Michael. Um, let us know again on your update on Lost Planet 3 when Bill's back, because I'm sure he would love to know what the game is like since he's never played it himself. Um, Steve, who is in... Uh, I think he's in Kentucky. Um, he says... Uh, Hey guys, just a quick note to say thank you for last week's drink cast. It was super fun to have so many people together at the same time. Also, yeah, that Emily, was really fun. Um, also, Emily had a terrific joke that got stepped on when talking about Marty's 100 condoms. She said, that's more condoms than you can shake a dick at. Oh, that is good. Who yeah. stepped on it? 
probably me probably all of us Sorry. that was pretty late in the in the podcast when that's we, more condoms than you can shake at the cat that's really good uh tried to shout it out to her on the tweets but she, since she, she hasn't tweeted in about forever thought an email might be better um yes anyhow thanks again guys looking forward to this morning's show go vote uh yeah that was super fun if you guys missed it and you know if you normally listen live or whatever reason you should go back and listen to it it was really really fun we'll try to do that again um there'll be some scheduling things i'm sure in the future where it might be good to do that yeah that's right michael he said 25 years ago the german wall was protested down yes yeah Yeah. there's a good protest um then Veronica, uh, she writes in, Morning all, I'd like to request a new segment. I think Steve should uh, get some time every week to talk about sex. That ball information was good to know. <laughs> I don't want to spend any time down there if it's not appreciated. <laughs> uh, Steve was talking about how he doesn't need like ball work done to make uh, the sexual experience better. And I agree with him. Um, I'm interested to hear any other tidbits he has to share. I also like to hear how uncomfortable everyone else gets. XOXO Veronica. That's a that's a great idea. I think that would be awesome to do that. Because um, Steve loves making everyone feel uncomfortable and does not have a filter. And that's sometimes great. Is he going to come back on? He's really funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll come back on. I mean, he's... um. He's, you know, working and... Oh, well, I don't know. He might be moving to Texas. So we'll, we'll oh, find out. Yeah. for what reason? Because he... Uh, Lance Mountain wants to move to Texas. <laughs> uh, and for, Do you know what her reason is for work? Uh, no, she can work anywhere. I think that's the thing. She can work anywhere. So it's just... They're like... Is oh. she from Texas? No, she she's from Orange County. Really? Uh, so yeah. she just want to check out Texas? Um. Yeah. That's interesting. They like it there. Oh. And Darren shit on the protest. He said, uh, the story of the wall coming down has less to do with protests and more to do with financial instability. Um, all right. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, so I'm starting... Uh, the, one of the reasons we're ending in the next few minutes is because I'm starting this new job uh, where it's a short term. It'll be like, I don't know, six months or so. Right. But I have training today. And it just made me think, okay, you know, this is a pretty good paying job and it's probably going to take me away from some creative things. And it just, uh, but, you know, it's a steady paycheck. And uh, like, that's helpful. Yeah. And uh, the auditions have been pretty slow these days for me, not for Bill Twatterson. That's hmm. Tweeterson, sir. Um, so it just, uh, you know, it's a little depressing. Mm. And uh, just made me think how you feel as an artist about uh, conformity and, and uh, uh, you know, does this feel like giving up? Well, I tell you, I have a similar analogy for when I had to give up making my, uh, I thought that I was going to have a big career making my buttons. Mm. And it, if you can try to see it as a similar thing, I, this was my dream and I work really hard, same as you have this dream and work really hard to make a career as an actor. And if it don't go the way you want, 
you feel really downhearted. That's how I felt when the buttons did not go the way I wanted. I felt really downhearted. Mm. Who am I? What is my identity? This is everything I put my whole life into and it did not work out the way I want. Mm -hmm. Really was heartbreaking. Uh, but then my teacher say to me, what if you just do your creative work for those who appreciate it? And even if it, that's a smaller group than you wanted still you're just doing your creative work and people appreciate it mm. and so the dynamic is the same so i still make my buttons mm -hmm. and i enjoy to make those and the people that i give them to they really appreciate it yeah so it's hard it do take some getting used to because it's heartbreaking but i would say you are still a creative person that is your essence regardless of what you do to earn money mm -hmm. and it's really good that you have this opportunity for this job to earn money it's very helpful so but you will still do your creative work because that is in you mm -hmm. and so that is my advice to you is to Keep doing the creative work and maybe don't think so much about what the outcome of it is going to be and how many people are going to see it, but just do it because you love it, which is why you started in the first place. No, it's, I did it because it was an easy way to make money. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. Well, because if that <laughs> no, was no, no, the no, case, that, that, then no, there's no, no emotional know, investment. Okay. No, no, I'm but, kidding. Um, so I say keep doing your creative work. Right. And it won't get in the way too much of, you know the creative stuff. I'll still be able to go out on auditions and stuff like that. Good. So we'll see what happens with that. But it's Is just, this new uh, job you're going to be working from home? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so that's... Good. Yeah, I can still How be How many my, hours per week? I don't know yet, but I, hopefully enough that I can live comfortably. And they pay you hourly? Mm -hmm. So you're an independent contractor? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Michael counters and says, because of the protests and sit-ins at the embassy... The wall came down faster. Touche, Darren, touche. Um, and uh, Michael was there, so I trust Michael. But no, I think it was a combination of things. And I think if you were in America, they would say, it's because of Reagan that the wall came down. <laughs> and I would say, fuck that noise. Um, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, today was... Uh, we got we got on some pretty heavy stuff today. We did. Should we try to in this last couple of minutes lighten it up? Do you have anything else from your um your your standing up career that you can? Uh, what was my standing up career? Oh well, I come out and I say uh, I say hey, this coffee house have really good cake. And I had a piece of cake before coming on stage, and I got a little bit of frosting on my hand. And I did not want to waste it because it was so delicious. So I thought instead of wiping this frosting on a napkin, I could just wipe it on another piece of cake. So I had four pieces of cake. <laughs> so you wrote that down before you got on stage? Uh, I thought it out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we wanted to end this night podcast on a positive Well, you note. can see why I have to do my standing-up <laughs> comedy for a very small subset of people who appreciate it. That's a very, <laughs> very small group. Uh, Daniel, uh, Darren said that Nuna works fine for him, though sometimes I have an issue with SoundCloud, which is now the host site. So there you go. Um, 
so it's so the problem is you, not not with the the Smodco site. Um, oh, Amy Elizabeth, I think she's talking about Texas. She say, as a California person living here, I have to assume she means Texas. Save yourself from the stupid. Steven Kruger. Save him from rich assheads. TM Monsanto, two thousand fourteen. <laughs> well, Amy is in uh, DFW, so Dallas Fort Worth. Yeah, and uh, Steve wants to move to Austin, which still has a Republican. You know, it's dominated by Republicans in Congress in that area, mm. um, uh, legislatively because of gerrymandering. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, we don't want him to move. We like him here. Um, guys, send in your emails. We got some good ones this week to noonerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're not following Giselle, um, oh. you should follow at Giselle Net, N-E-T-T, on the Twitter. And she had a very funny tweet just yesterday. <laughs> Do you want to give it to us again? Do you want me to? Sure. Well, I was just saying because my friend said to me, you know, I'm a practicing nudist. And I thought to myself, I did not know that took practice. You just take off your shirt, take off your pants, boom, you're a nudist. What was the tweet? The tweet was, look, I got my pants halfway down or something like that. Or, no, you're just really bad at taking off your pants. Wait, no, what was the tweet? I'm going to look it up. The tweet was, okay. question, if you're a practicing nudist, does that mean you're just really bad at taking off your pants? See you next Tuesday. If that box. If that box. If that box, I'm the pimp that box. I'm the pimp that box. I'm the pimp that has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.